welcome to Grafted Jewish Roots of Christianity. I'm your host, Stephanie Pavlantos. Today, I have a special guest. Her name is Brenda Johnson. I met Brenda unofficially in a Zoom call, and it was kind of funny because I went on for a Torah class. It was actually a Torah portion, and she was one of the two leaders of that particular Zoom. But before that, I had found a class in the Rooted Cafe about the Hebrew alphabet. Again, I'll let her describe all that to you, but she has so much knowledge and she is such a great speaker and teacher. And so I was anxious to have her on today. And so thank you for being here. Thank you, Stephanie, for allowing me to be here, for inviting me into your space. This is a wonderful, um, wonderful opportunity. Um, you and I both have hearts for the people of God and um, our times when we gather like we're doing right now, it's truly creating a holy space. In other words, the, the space that would be occupied with frivolous things is now occupied with uh, intentionally bringing glory to God, intentionally speaking his name, intentionally uh putting our hearts before him and, and, and being um, submitted to whatever brings him glory. And that's a holy space. So thank you for inviting me into this holy space. Yes. Thank you. We had a lot of great conversation um, yesterday. And then today before we started recording, she just asked me like, tell me about yourself. And so as I'm telling her about my podcast and just different things, I started talking about, fear and anxiety and how the Lord has put people into my life that struggle with these things. And, and I'm like, why do you keep putting these people into my life, Lord? And I'm telling her this and I'm, I'm telling her my questioning of the Lord and why. And, and then she holds up her notebook to me and shows me, you know, what topic I actually wanted to talk about and that's fear and anxiety. So it was just amazing how the Lord, like, set this up and and already had the topic that he wanted us to talk about and and already knew already knew it all ahead of time and i always i love that i I I just love that Mm -hmm. so that's the best way to have conversations right Mm -hmm. it is when the lord goes before you and prepares it so so from then on we just had great conversation and it just kind of unfolded so hopefully we can recreate some of that today and just let's unfold the things we talked about yesterday but first let's talk about um the rooted cafe and your class would you like to describe those yeah sure well my friend charlie brown she had a beautiful brainchild which uh was the rooted cafe in its in in its conception that was something that the that the holy one um dropped into her heart it didn't come specifically but it came it came out of a bible study that she was asking me to help her facilitate with women that were in california i personally was living in texas so uh we this was before zoom <laughs> We Skyped um, and we, we started meeting with a group of women and we started talking to them about the Torah portions and started studying the Torah portions um, weekly. Hmm. Um, and the Torah portions are a, a, a set a schedule of biblical reading in the uh, 
the Old Testament, in the prophets, and then also um, as Messianic believers, we also incorporate the uh, newer covenant, the the New Testament, um, as it's also known as. And so we started doing that on a weekly basis. And um, from that, Charlie just uh, had inspiration from the Lord after a few years of doing that, I think. And I could be wrong, but I believe that we did that for maybe five years or maybe a little bit longer. But um, anyway, then the Rooted Cafe was birthed from that in her inspiration from the Holy Spirit. And it is a an educational platform where we bring in teachers from all over the world. But this platform is allowing women all over the world to be discipled, to build friendships, to build communities right where they are. Uh, online. Anyway, it's a discipleship uh, platform, uh, an educational platform. We have women that teach on ancient um, uh, ancient culture and how it relates to Jesus and how it relates to us today and how we are allowed to, or how we can interpret the Bible by knowing the culture, by knowing the context, by understanding the ancient ways because it wasn't written Mm to 21st century uh, English speakers, but it's still valid. It is still pure and lovely and it is the word of God to us, but we, we really need to do better with interpretation (laughs) Uh, uh, as far as contextual goes. So we have that okay. we have um i have a course called um that i named the hebrew alphabet which is the alphabet the hebrew alphabet uh the energy of the letters because every letter every hebrew letter is more than just a letter and a sound it's also a number and it is also a story and a picture so in hebrew if you have a word that's three letters that word is going to be defined uh, by the context it's it's in, but also by the letters itself. And so it's just beautiful to see the stories that that the Holy One weaves into His Word. It's so multi layered, and it's and it's just beautiful. Now that is my particular. Mm-hmm. That's my little um, thing that I love to do. Your passion um, and. My passion. I've been studying this for over 20 years, and um, and I just am in love with the beauty and the majesty that is released in the Hebrew letters. Uh, and every every Hebrew letter is going to to um, it's going to shine a characteristic uh, or an attribute of the Holy One Himself, mm. our, our our God, our Father. It's also going to show us the characteristic of Jesus, Yeshua, our Messiah. It's also going to show us how we are to take that on ourselves and walk it out in love to um, to allow that to be something that is going to bless others. Because it's not just about us being saved. It's about us uh, having that word. It's become flesh in in messiah but also in us we are the priesthood the when the letter is allowed to be a doorway 
into us building character within ourselves so that we're reflecting Yeshua, Jesus, then we're going to be sharing that love with others because it really is about others, Mm -hmm. not just ourselves. So we see the character of God. We see the character of Yeshua walked out on earth in every letter. And then in every letter, we have a doorway that will allow us to also put that characteristic and the, and that story into practice in loving other people. And that sounds like a lot and it is, but the beauty of it is that every time you're reading a word and you see it in the actual Hebrew script, um, the stories start playing in your mind. It's like a a motion picture starts happening in your mind and you're seeing, Oh, of course, like today you and I were talking about the word Shafat, which is judge. uh, And it starts with the letter Sheen. And that letter Sheen represents a picture of fire, a picture of the holy presence of God, the fire of God that purifies everything that it touches. Mm. And then the next letter is the pay, which is the mouth. So that beautiful fire is the word judgment is going to be wrapped up in this because that beautiful fire is going to purify the mouth and what comes from the mouth and what is released from the mouth. And then the the third letter is the tet, which is a, like a womb. So there's a time of uh, hidden birth. A, a time of hiddenness where something is building and growing inside and you can't see it from the outside, but it's in there. And that's the judgment. That discernment is going to be building within us that the presence of God will cause our mouths to be purified if we allow him access and his presence will birth within us things, seeds that will grow, and then they will come out of our mouth if we're walking in his ways. So that's just a tiny picture, a little tiny itsy bitsy picture of, of what happens with the Hebrew letters along with the meaning that we get and the interpretation that we get in context. That's awesome. That is cool because we don't realize that, you know, the more I learn about the Hebrew language and Mm -hmm. It was all created by God. It, it, they call it God's language. And I mean, and, and, yeah, you yeah. know, there are those who say, we'll be all, we'll know Hebrew in, in heaven, you know, we'll all be speaking it or, or we'll all understand it. At least we'll understand the letters, we'll understand the pictures and we'll understand the fullness of that language and how it relates mm-hmm. to the Messiah. But, um, yes. but her class is the Aleph bet discovering the energy of the letters. And that's in the rooted right. cafe. Now the rooted cafe does Correct. have a membership charge, but there are some Correct. free things that you can, mm-hmm. there are, you can go and sign up. Yes. For, um, and join yes. It. you can go on band B A N D. It's a platform. Uh, it's free a membership. It's kind of like, um, like, like an alternative to Facebook Mm -hmm. and you can go, you can go in there and join and then, um, search for, uh, the group and the group is called the portion P O R T I O N the portion. And, uh, you can go on there and join that and that's free. And we have uh, live teaching every week. We live stream every week. 
This is um, free. You can jump on there and you can just jump in. You don't have to have any um, prerequisites or anything. And it's just a group of wonderful women uh, across the globe mm-hmm. that meet together and study and, and study together every week. So let's shift gears a bit here. And sure. um, so, like I said earlier in the broadcast that we were, we had started talking about fear and anxiety and and, you know, a lot of fear and anxiety came out of COVID th- those few years that we, yes. we dealt with that. Um, but a lot of people deal with fear and anxiety from childhood. And maybe it's from yeah. something traumatic in their life. Um, you even mentioned it, it feeds on shame and guilt. Um, there's yes. so many things, but fear often shows itself by control and and there's so many and so basically we're we're talking about strongholds here again and and this is such a needed topic because we don't realize how many of us really we we deal with strongholds in our life and and I've heard people even say to me it's like no Jesus he saved us he he got rid of all of those things when he died on the cross mm-hmm. when he rose from the dead mm-hmm. all those things mm-hmm. are gone we have no strongholds. We have none of those things are part of our life now. Um, and I, I just have to disagree because we, the, the thing I think that the Lord showed me, which I shared with Brenda was it's just like the POWs, whether they were mm-hmm. Vietnam or in some other country in World War II, when they were, those areas were liberated. They went in to let the prisoners free and they would open those cages, open those cells and if the person doesn't come out of an open cell, they're still a prisoner, even though the door is open. Mm-hmm. And we often mm-hmm. walk through life in a prison of our own making for whatever mm-hmm. reason, sometimes very, very good reasons. We've been hurt. We've been betrayed. Mm-hmm. We've been th- many injustices in our life. And we're not downplaying any of those. Not at all. But. Jesus has come and opened the door and we need to walk out in the power that he has given us in his word and through his Holy Spirit. So you shared an amazing story. And if you don't mind, I'd really love for you to share your your story, just your own personal story of how you've dealt with this and how the Lord kind of pointed that out to you. Yes. Well, uh, growing up as a child, I was in... um, Uh, And first of all, I want to preface this with my mother and my father loved me very much, loved all of us kids very much. Um, They did not have good parenting skills. They didn't know. They didn't. They just, um, you know, came from both of them came from abusive uh, homes. And so uh, (laughs) growing up as a little girl, um, fear was a huge part of my existence. Mm -hmm. Um, Fear of physical abuse, fear of, uh, disappointing somebody. Um, so I became a people pleaser and, um, and I became a control freak because I, I couldn't handle the fear of, of, of letting somebody down. So I do it myself making a mistake. So I do it myself. Um, yeah, that was really my life. Um, and at the age of, uh, approximately eight years old, uh, I was molested Mm -hmm. And so then the shame came in. And so I lived my life with, with shame and with guilt. And, uh, and it, 
it grew. It's not that the Holy One didn't use me. Um, and I say the Holy One, I mean, I mean, um, God, our Father, uh, the Lord. Um, but the Holy One uses us even in the midst of all of our brokenness. He just does. Uh, and so it's not that my life did not have wonderful aspects to it. But every aspect was overshadowed with a sense of guilt and shame that I carried. And because of that guilt and shame, it was the, it was the soil for fear and anxiety. So um, at the age, of the, at the uh, young age of 64 years old, um, I was in a hotel room um, the night before I was to go to court um, for, to, to finalize my divorce, which is horrible. And I, and that was not my plan for my life. And, um, after 39 years and, uh, uh, I was filled with fear. I was filled with anxiety. I was overwhelmed with the unknown of the future. I was overwhelmed with how I, I don't have the skills to make, make it on my own. I don't, you know, what's, what, what possibly good can come from all of this. I didn't know. And I was in my hotel room by myself and, um, and I stood up and I just heard so clearly that the, the Lord was saying to me, Brenda, I have a path for you to walk. Now, these are not his exact words. I'm telling you the feeling that I got. I didn't hear an audible voice. I heard, and I, I heard the verse in my, voice in my heart. And he basically said, I have a path for you to walk, but this path is going to require that you do not have fear, that you do not walk in fear, and that you do not walk in anxiety. And the emphasis on that was so strong. It was absolutely no fear, absolutely no anxiety. And I'm thinking to myself, well, what would that look like? Yeah, really. <laughs> I wouldn't, I don't even know what kind of, I don't know what what the face of that would look like. Um, but in my heart, I felt hope spring up. And I said, yes, 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 I will. I will. And I stood up and I started dancing around my room. And um, uh, there's a, a lot of other things to the story, but I was just dancing around my room in joy and I was just releasing the fear and the anxiety and I felt the shackles falling mm -hmm. off. Uh, and the next morning, uh, instead of in fear, in shaking in trembling in anxiety in an upset stomach, all of that, none of that occurred. Mm -hmm. And I walked into the courtroom and the, the judge was gracious, uh, understanding, uh, and he, he just, he, the thing was that the night before I had prayed for him because he's a Shaphat, he is a, he is a judge like in the old Testament, mm -hmm. he has been given the authority to make decisions for people when they do not cannot come to an agreement or they do not know what they are to do. And that's, and I was praying for him and I was praying for his family and I was praying for all the judges in the courtrooms and all of the people that were in the courtroom that were waiting for the judgment of this man. 
And so what happened was when I let go of that fear and anxiety, when I didn't do it myself, when I just agreed that I would walk out, not, um, uh, holding that fear and anxiety on holding it on like a cloak. I I was no longer going to wear it as a cloak. What happened was my focus and attention was off of myself and it was on the judge and the rulings that he was making and the people that he was speaking into their lives. There were children that were, were, um, in foster care that were wanting to be adopted there. It was a family court. There were all, there were so many children and families and the anxiety level was very high there. And when I let go of the fear and anxiety, the, the focus of my attention became on father, what are you wanting to do tomorrow? I know that I have to go there. I know that this is something that has to be done. But what do you want me to focus on? And that's what I focused on. And after, um, after the judge made his declaration, I, I walked out and I got in my car and I sat in my car and I was homeless. I mean, literally homeless, um, not homeless that I didn't have a home to go to homeless that I had no home to go to and no financial ability to provide a home for myself. I had nowhere to go. I was alone. And so I sat in my car with my belongings in the, in the back of my car. And I said, father, I am going to embrace this new walk. I don't even know what it looks like to not have fear and to not have anxiety, but I'm going to start the engine. Where do you want me to go? Hmm. And he he directed me. And so I was in Texas and I drove, I drove to Oklahoma. I got on the phone and I started making phone calls. (laughs) And I said, I said, um, a friend of mine had just had surgery and I said, Hey, do you need somebody to come and assist you, um, in getting, um, through your surgery? And she said, yes, I do. I said, okay, I'm on my way. Wow. So I drove to Oklahoma and from there, I stayed at a few people's houses and be, and that whole thing, I would not have been able to do a year before or, or three months before or two months or a week before, because I was filled with anxiety and fear of not knowing the future of not having security. And when I was literally in the worst situation that a person at the age of 64, you know, not the worst, I understand there's, there are worse things. But for me, it was the worst situation that I no longer had a home. I no longer had an income. I no longer, you know, Mm. and fear and anxiety would absolutely rear their ugly head. Of course they would, but God, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't a matter of my being strong, Stephanie. It wasn't a matter of me knowing how to do it. I did not know how to do it. I did not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I had no understanding of how to not be fearful. But what happened was the second Corinthians 10 five was being walked out in my life in that moment. And I was taking the thoughts of fear and anxiety, the thoughts of shame and guilt and disappointment and heartache and grief, those things that were trying to kill me, those things that were trying to take me out as a person. 
to, to um, derail the call of God on my life, to derail the plan and the purpose for my generations coming. And all I did was allow the Holy Spirit to show me how to walk out what Jesus had already accomplished on the cross. He had set me free. He had opened the prison door, as you said, exactly. I did not know how to walk out of that door. I did not know how to walk into freedom. And taking my thoughts captive meant that when a thought came up, and, and as the scripture says, um, let's, let's read that. Maybe we read that. Oh, absolutely. Quick? Okay. So um, it says, the scripture says, so start up at one. Okay. It's tearing down strongholds. Start up at verse one, but for, um, for uh, also start at four, for the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but they are powerful through God for tearing down of the strongholds. We are tearing down false arguments. Boom. <laughs> What's the false argument? I'm worthless. I'm of no value. I'm not loved. I'm not wanted. I am now nothing. I'm homeless. I am without shelter. These are the thoughts that were coming into my mind, but they didn't that day. The day prior they had. So um, we are tearing down false arguments, verse five, and every high minded thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Messiah, Jesus. We are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. Okay. Now that last part I was telling you that kind of right. Like, what does that mean? ready to punish. The word punish there in Greek is the equivalent word in Hebrew of Shaphat, which is what I had talked to you earlier about the, the sheen, the pay, the tet. The judge was one who defended the people. So what, what this is telling us is that um, we are ready to defend the people. And how do we defend the people? In, in this punishment, quote unquote, in English, it says punishment. How do we do that? By speaking what is true, by thinking what is true, by saying, by uh, hearing what is true according to the word of God. And that is how we punish the disobedience. We're set in, in Hebrew, Shaphat, uh, is um, literally translated as to set up, to erect. Mm. And then the flavor of it is to defend or to punish. Now, so what that's saying is that the word of God will set us free and show us how to walk out of our captivity. So those that are listening today, Stephanie, I trust that the Holy Spirit the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, will begin speaking to them and, and revealing to them, like he did to me, what it looks like to be in captivity. I didn't know I was in captivity. Right. That's the deception. Mm -hmm. We don't know that speaking horrible things out of our mouth about people, gossiping, um, uh, saying bad things about churches, saying bad things about pastors, having an opinion, being... Um, uh, saying things that are offensive to others, but 
it's my right to say it. Saying those types of things, that's setting us up for captivity. Why? Because that is not how Jesus spoke to the people. He told them the truth from the perspective of the word of God. And it wasn't to punish them. It was to set them free. It was to defend them. Right. So if we, if we kind of change our idea of what it means, like here, it's talking about the word punish in English, but in Hebrew, um, and I'm sure in Greek, I didn't really say it out in Greek too much, but uh, I know in Hebrew, it's, it's talking about being a defender, being a defender of the truth. What does the word of God say? Mm-hmm. So for me, what happened to me was I had an imagery of black claws that had dug into me and they were as deep as they could go. And when he set me free, those black claws were still there. Mm-hmm. I had the freedom to walk out from those claws. And every time that they try to come back in and grab me, I take those thoughts captive. Right. I, I hope that, I hope that touches somebody's heart because fear was captive, captivated. I was captivated right. by fear. Let me put it that way. I was held prisoner by fear, by guilt, uh, guilt that I could have done something better, guilt that I should have seen things that coming that I didn't see, guilt that I should have known, guilt that I raised my children in an environment that was toxic. Uh, all of the things None of that changed, but you know what changed was my perspective of who God is and how powerful and sovereign he is that he can take every one of those situations and bring them into the fullness of what he wants done. Every, everyone in the situation, everyone in your situation, whoever's listening to this and, and it's speaking to your heart, everyone in your situation, he has a plan and a purpose for mm-hmm. And the hardships that we go through are, are just avenues. They're just preparations. They're avenues of seeing his glory released. Mm -hmm. So yes, Stephanie, I was, I was wrapped up in deception, in fear, anxiety, um, and in guilt and shame. And it, it, I'm, I hope I'm not making it sound like it's just a simple thing. It is hard work. But what a blessing to be able to walk out what Messiah Jesus did on the cross to free us from the captivity of our thoughts, the negative thinking, the, the, uh, the evil inclination, they say in Hebrew, the evil inclination, uh, you can say Satan, you know, uh, but that those things that come against the truth of who God right. is and his character, oh, those things have to go down. Exactly. And in doing so, we're set free. Mm-hmm. And you brought up a lot of good points because I wrote down a couple of things here that I wanted to go back to because you talked, when you talk, spoke about the letters, you said the letters mm-hmm. are not about us, but others. And then yes. when you spoke about strongholds, you talked about how getting the attention off yourself, you know, our strongholds turn us inward to look yes. at ourselves and what is best for me. And mm-hmm. it takes our attention off of others. You know, some of the best things I think we can do when we are depressed uh, and there's different reasons for being depressed. And I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. oh, lumping yes. everybody into one pile, but 
but Absolutely. you know, I have a sister who, who deals with depression at times and it's like, go do something for someone else. Get out of your bed and go do something for someone else because depression is turning that, that anger that's inside of you. And now all you're doing is turning your eyes inward and you're just, it's like a movie that plays over and over and over in your mind. And, and I, I just loved how you, you combined that because you, you said it twice, but you said it how the Hebrew language and the letters are about others. It's about, it's about Jesus. It's not about us. Yeah. Right. Every letter shares with us the character of God, how Jesus walked it out every letter. And I, and I go over this specifically in, in my course Mm -hmm. where Jesus walked it out, how he walked Mm -hmm. it out. And then how we are to focus on others. You know, we're supposed to love others as we love ourselves in, in a little, maybe a little bit, uh, a little twist to that. If you could understand, it's more about how we love others as we ourselves are being loved by mm-hmm. God. Okay. So that's how we're to love others. Right. So we're loving ourselves by loving God. Mm-hmm. And that's how we have to, uh, outreach to others. What about the, what about the, the, um, uh, man who was paralyzed that was at, uh, was at the, um, pool of Bethesda and Yeshua or Jesus walks up to him and, and heals him on the Sabbath, which was illegal, quote unquote, right. uh, by man's right. laws. Um, and he heals him and then he tells him to take up his bed and walk and, and to go. Okay. So this man was captive and the police says to him, you know, get up and walk, go. I've healed you. You're go now. That's exactly what he is saying to us. I've healed you. Now get up and walk. Walk in my footsteps. Walk as my shadow. Walk it. I've done it first. Now follow me. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's what happened there. That's what happens with mm-hmm. us. So we have a choice. We can lay down and stay on that cement and gripe and complain about the fact that the water's stirring and we can't get into it, Right. (laughs) that we can't get our healing because of this and this and this and this and this. And, and Jesus said, you're healed. Now get up and walk. And that was it. I mean, he didn't give him instructions for daily living. Right. Right. (laughs) You know, (laughs) he said, just get up and walk. That's what we have to do. That's what I had to do that day before I went to the courthouse. And I was so terrified and I I was so, oh, it was awful. I had to get up and walk. It, It wasn't a matter of just, you know, yay, God took care of it. Yay. No, it was a matter of now go walk in the midst of it. And just like the children of Israel had to walk in the midst of the sea with the water on both sides, they had to trust that that sea would not fall on mm-hmm. them and they went forward. So can we do that? Yes, because the spirit of God is here to strengthen us and enable us, but he's not going to force us to do something. So when I let go of the fear and anxiety, and, and please trust me that I know that that fear and anxiety tries every single day to jump back on me every day, <laughs> right. it will. but 
And it, and of course, because that, and that's training me, that's strengthening my muscles of taking my thoughts captive and, and, and not allowing myself to be depressed and stay in bed for three days. This is, this is walking it out. This is Jesus saying, walk this way. Mm -hmm. This is my way walking it. Walk, walk this way. And you also mentioned off camera and you said basically that it was like in your mind when the Lord was telling you to get rid of fear and anxiety mm -hmm. and it cannot mm -hmm. be part of your life. You use the, word, the phrase mm -hmm. reject it. And I, I yes. think that we often don't reject it. We actually just live with it. We, yes. we agree with it. We make friends yeah, with it. We agree and it make becomes friends part of our day with our mm -hmm. fear and our anxiety and our rejection and our shame yeah. and our control. Mm -hmm. It's just like, yep, it's just who I am. It's just part of me. Oh, sis, that's exactly it. We, we take it on as if that is our identity. Mm -hmm. Now, see, that is that taking those things on as our identity is anti-scriptural <laughs> because the scripture says that we are redeemed and we are called to be priests. Now, what do priests do? They serve others. Mm -hmm. That's what a priest does. How do you serve somebody else if all you're giving them is the verbal vomit of why you can't succeed or why you can't be set free or why it works for somebody else, but not for you. Mm -hmm. Now I understand there are really hard things and I am not trying to trivial, trivialize anything, right. not at all, but wherever you are, whatever that is, he's big mm -hmm. enough. He is big enough. And one of the things that he said to me, um, in, in the process of coming up till this July 27th is the date that this happened to me. Uh, one of the things that came up was the first thing he said to me, he said four things to me. And the first thing was let it go. And I'm like, hmm, let what go? Let, let what go? I didn't have any idea. Later on, he, he told me, um, fear not. I'm like, okay, that one I get, but I don't know how not to fear, but see, this was all preparation for what was to come. So he gave me clues and he gave me hints. And one of the things was rejecting fear and practicing that. And also recognizing that my circumstances do not uh, define me. Mm -hmm. Your circumstances don't define you. Um, what defines us is, is the identity that we have received from God, our father, who has told us who we are and has, and has manifest how it's walked out in the life of Jesus. It is walked out. It's, it is available for us to walk out. Every one of us. I don't think people realize, and I didn't always understand this until it was explained to me, but when Satan fell, so Satan is even not a name. It's 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 a, a mm -hmm. Hebrew word, ha satan. Mm -hmm. It means basically mm -hmm. the accuser, and yeah. so it's not even a name. We we use it as a no. name, but but yeah. Lucifer is not his name either. That's just um, a no. King James version of the angel of light. So it's it's not yes. a name. And so he's not given a name, isn't that interesting? He, and I've heard that because of what he yeah. did the way it was explained mm -hmm. was that G God took his identity away. 
So what is he doing throughout time is trying to take our own identity away. Exactly. He's he's a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. So... Of course. So in every he, possible he, way, he, yeah. if you think you're well, female and you think, and you're not, you're, you're biologically a male, but that's taking away who God made you. If God made you to be full of joy and you're depressed, he is taking away your joy because there's an original design. God had an original design yes. for each of us. And Satan yeah. wants to steal that design and make you into Absolutely. a person that God never wanted you to be. Now, circumstance happen and we can question God all day mm-hmm. long. Well, why did you let this happen? Then why did you let that mm-hmm. happen? But Jesus didn't pull any punches. He said, we're going to suffer. We're going to suffer in this life. If he <laughs> suffered, yeah. if he was constantly threatened his life was threatened how often from the time he was a little tiny infant um you know maligned misunderstood they wanted to to do all sorts of things stone him yeah so if (laughs) if he was treated this way why would we think that we're going to have it better but it's Mm -hmm. just so hard but i but i want to go back to something positive because this is hard this Yes. It's difficult to talk about our strongholds. It's difficult to admit yeah. that, or even put a name to it. What is the stronghold? Mm-hmm. And and the Bible tells mm-hmm. us, David, in the Psalms, he said, the Lord is my stronghold. God is my stronghold. That's the only stronghold we're really supposed to have, right? That's it. That's, that is the standard that we are to look to. And any other stronghold in our life... Mm-hmm is doing exactly what he told us in the 10 words of empowerment Mm -hmm. that came to us. We call them the 10 commandments, the 10 words of empowerment were that you are to have no other strongholds, no other things that you focus your attention or worship Mm -hmm. on other than me, nothing to separate my breath from your breath face to face. Right. Panay, panim, uh, singularly, it means anything that comes between and, and, uh, obstructs the breath of God blowing into our breath, right? It's not to happen, but when we allow these strongholds to, um, continue once it's been revealed now, trust me, it's not our weed to pull, uh, get Charlie Brown's right. book. It's called not, not my weed to pull. <laughs> please. It's on Amazon. It is the most amazing book. I will never garden the same. As long as I live, I will leave some weeds alone. <laughs> it's not my weed to pull. It, the thing is that we are not to be um, pointing our fingers at others saying, well, you do this and you do that. And you do th-. what we're supposed to do is be on our face before God saying, release me, father, release me from these things so that I can serve you according to who you made me to be. Right. Absolutely. And we can't focus on others in the sense of pointing out their wrongs. Your spouse. I don't know who needs to hear that. <laughs> you, you know, pointing things wrong about our spouses or our children. Um, and I don't mean not raising our kids. I'm saying being destructive in how we focus on the negative things in life. It will create uh brain death to us it it kills our cells our our in our brain it actually kills our brain mm-hmm. cells we're not supposed to be doing things that separate us from the presence of god right 
Mm. You know, and what that means is going to be different for every single person at every stage and level of your life. I was in, I was in ministry. I was on staff of the huge church. I had a, a, a huge group of, um, beautiful, amazing women of God. Uh, and, uh, I was, I was captive to fear, captive to anxiety. Did God still use me? Yes, he did. But when I would go home at night, I would throw up because I felt like the, you know, speaking at this conference or speaking at that conference, if they ever found out who I really am, they, they would, they would, they would, you know, run me out of town because I'm a fearful person because I'm filled with anxiety because I uh, make mistakes. Uh, what a horrible way to live. Mm-hmm. What a horrible way to live. And, um, I, and I just, um, uh, I just, I feel like I just want to be on a bandwagon and start shouting it from the rooftops. It's not that he hasn't done the work. He has the, the prison doors are open. The keys have been turned. The gates been pulled open, but the claws are still in us. And we need to pray for discernment to see what it is that is obstructing our ability to walk out our lives according to his design for our lives. Mm-hmm. Now the Hebrew alphabet for me is like the ultimate teacher. It is the, um, uh, it it's, it's the teacher that follows you everywhere that you go because all of the first letter is about all about the father, all about the leader, the, the, the most important one, the number one, the headship of who God is and his majesty. And the next letter, the first thing is God, the father. And the next letter is bet, which is um, representative of a tent or a home. So the father, the first thing that he does is he starts creating a home. Mm -hmm. And in that home, he teaches us who we are and gives us identity. He, he instructs us. He teaches us. He cares for us lovingly. Uh, and, um, that's the, the letter bet. And then the next thing is Gimel, but you, in, you can't be a Gimel until you've been a bet. And the, <laughs> the bet is where you, you receive your instructions for life from the father in the home. That's his perfect plan. Now that doesn't happen in all of us, but there's redemption. Okay. Then, and then the next letter is Gimel, which is the man that's running. Well, what's he running from? Well, he's so filled with all of the things that he's learned, the safety that he's had where he's fallen and made mistakes, but he's been in the safety of a home with covering of the father. Then now he's going out and he is packed full of all kinds of wonderful things and gifts to give to others. And now he becomes Gimel, which is generosity. And he goes out and he finds others who are in need. He becomes the rich man pouring out his excess to the poor. Mm. Uh, so the, the Hebrew letters really do tell us a story. So every time for me, that's how the Lord speaks to me is through letters, the Hebrew letters. Um, and I see that of course, father, I've been in, in a home where my parents didn't know how to instill identity to me. They did not know how to speak to me in, in ways that would um, uplift me and encourage me and allow me to fail without the retribution of shame and guilt and fear and anxiety. They didn't know. 
And so what happened was I created an environment in my home where my children, you know, that's what I, 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 the example I set for them because I didn't know any different and it just perpetuates and perpetuates and perpetuates. So today I have a clarion call today. I pray that we would see in discerning eyes that we would see what it is that is a stronghold in our life. And just one thing, you don't have to tackle everything. Just one thing, allow the, the Holy spirit to show you what that one thing is. And let's, let's take that thing by the back of the hair and throw it to the ground and stomp Mm -hmm. on it and say, no more. That is not your place. And those are not my thoughts. And those are not, that's not my destiny. Mm -hmm. And that's not who I, who God created me to be. And as you said earlier, falling out of agreement with something, you know, I'm not going to agree with those lies any longer. Yes. Yes. Sister, we don't even know that that's what we're doing, but we are. I did not know that I was in agreement with anxiety and fear. I didn't know that it had become my best friend and I was wearing it as a cloak. I didn't know that. But once, once I recognized it, I had a responsibility and it's not easy. However, it is so rewarding. Who cares? Who cares that it's not easy? It makes life an adventure. And am I going to fail? Of course. And am I going to make mistakes? Of course. But he didn't ask us to be perfect in the way that we understand it in the English. He asked us to be perfect in that our feet are on the path to follow after him. And it's going to look different every single day. And it's going to look different for every single person. And the reward is as if it was perfection. That's the reward of it. When we put our feet on his path, this is probably a whole nother subject for a whole nother podcast, but if we could just touch on forgiveness, um, you, you have, I have a quote from you here. Forgiveness is not a magic pill, uh, not a magic pill. We take, it's a character trait. We walk out. Absolutely. And that's the thing with um, how the Holy One instructs us and teaches us in the way to go. Forgiveness is something that you and I need to pursue with every ounce of our being. We need to pursue forgiveness because it's not just about, uh, you know, setting somebody free, forgive and forget. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. We have to release people from prison and us unforgiveness is, is a, a gel cell with the door closed and no key. That's unforgiveness. We don't get set free when we're carrying unforgiveness. We can't receive forgiveness if we're carrying, if we are perpetrating unforgiveness. So, you know, that scripture, a lot of people don't get that. And the Lord's saying, if you don't forgive, you can't be forgiven. Okay. Well, what does that mean? Well, what it means is that if you're putting people into prison and you're locking them in, you're in prison, you're locked in. We have to see it from a different perspective. We have to trust that the Holy One will speak to us to learn to forgive and to pursue it with everything in us. When somebody wounds you and hurts you, you ask the Holy one, father, how in the world, please let me release them 
from the, from release them from what they have done. Father, you deal with it. You create the judgment of it. You, you create that in your, in your way, but father, it is not mine to do because what I will do will be sin. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) That's just the way that we, you know, we punish people, you know, we, we, we stop speaking to them or we um, are snarky or we are passive aggressive or we are aggressive. Uh, That's how we deal with it. But the Holy one doesn't deal with it that way. It deals truly with the heart. So when we forgive, we are releasing, we are rejecting the agreement. Not only that that's who they are, but that that thing that they have done to us is now our identity. It's not. That thing that they have done to us is not our identity. We are not tarnished and tainted because somebody abused us. That is not our identity. And do we, and can we forgive an abuser? Yes, you can forgive an abuser. Do you forget? No, you do not. You walk in wisdom. Right. You don't condone what they've done. Different. Forgiveness is not condoning not at all. Not even forgiveness a forgiveness is setting no. yourself free no. from a jail. No, from it a is cell not. that you have created. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Because we mm-hmm. take on the identity of that wound. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we identify ourselves as victims that way. Right. Uh, and I know that there's a lot more to it. I'm just speaking from my own experience. There are other people that are going to have a completely different perspective and hallelujah. We need, we need everybody. <laughs> we need every single person because the, the, the bouquet of flowers mm-hmm. is so much better when it has multiple flowers in it, different sizes, different shapes, different colors. That's beauty. Just having one single thing, that's that's beautiful, but it's it's so much better, so much more enhanced when there's multiples. And uh other people's stories are going to be different and and um that's fabulous. People are going to have a different story than you or I. And that's okay. Right. Hallelujah. But you need to be sharing your story. Not saying all the reasons why in your life that you cannot be who God created you to be. No. How can you be who God created you to be? By being in agreement with him. Mm -hmm. And that's that first thing is forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for the mistakes you've made. Forgive yourself for not being in agreement with God. Forgive yourself for all the things. You could spend all day long doing that. This has been a wonderful (laughs) conversation. And I know that we could go on really. (laughs) I say that. And everybody knows I say that every time because I I love my guests. I love when I get a chance to talk to somebody like this and, and see their heart and, and people, when you, when you make yourself transparent as you have, you just draw people in. It's like, you just, people then open their hearts and, and I really hope that um, even though this probably went a little long, that people will listen to the end and and hear that you there's freedom. There is freedom. And you don't have to live with fear, anxiety, control, rejection. You don't those don't have to be your identity. And I think you you explained that so well. And so I hope that, you know, if you have to listen to this a couple of times to get it all listen to it you know because i think there's so much good stuff here that you went over so i appreciate it i really appreciate you and um your story thank you sharing so thank you for being on thank you so much i appreciate you stephanie thank you
Yeah, thanks. And you guys come and see me at, at therootedcafe.com, K-A-F-E, uh, or jump on band and, and come see us on uh, in the portion on band or, um, you know, there's, there's ways to get a hold of me. Okay, thank you. Get a hold of thank Stephanie. You. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Perfect. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you for listening to Grafted Jewish Roots of Christianity. You can find me at www.graftedjewishroots.com. You can also find me on Twitter at GraftedJewishRT. I appreciate you being with me, and I'll see you next time.